Hello, welcome to the Grace Apostolic Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you joined us. We hope this podcast serves as a tool that encourages you and helps you navigate through this journey called life. If you wouldn't mind, we would greatly appreciate it if you would subscribe and review this podcast channel. Your feedback matters, and we want to serve you to the best of our abilities. Thank you so much. Let's go to the Word. That all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now, we often, that's a go-to scripture that we use. When things aren't going well for us, we want to complain. The only thing we know is say, well, we know all things work together for good because we don't really know anything else to say. So we use it. But today, this is a scripture that is in the Bible. It's, inspired, it's been inspired by God through holy men of old to write these scriptures for us today. I know I don't know what you're facing or what you're battling. I'm telling you what you're facing right now, it is going to work for good for you. Even when you can't see the end result, even though you don't know why, even though you have every question in your mind that's not been answered yet, I'm telling you in the Word of God in Romans, Paul says, but that thing you're dealing with right now, even that, we know that all things work together for good. So even though you can't see it and you don't know how it's going to work, I'm telling you, the Lord has given you a scripture today telling you you're going to get through this. And it's going to work out in your favor. And you're going to be highly blessed and favored of God when it's all said and done. Amen. Amen. I want to preach to you for a minute on all things work together. All things work together. Everyone say amen to the reading of the word. You may be seated. Paul in his letter to the church at Rome. So if you, if you read the book of Romans, you're reading a letter written to the church in Rome. That's why it's called Romans to the Roman church. He's writing to a church at Rome and says, and we know in his letter, because he's hearing things from churches, therefore he writes letters. I'm hearing this from this church. I'm hearing that. And so he writes and he addresses the issues in the churches. And he says, and, I, and, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Now I get a sense from reading that, that Paul is delivering a statement to a group of people in a church that possibly are worn out. Possibly they've been battling some things. Do you know that your adversary has one job? His job in Daniel 7.25 is to wear out the saints of the Most High. You ever get worn out? You ever wonder why your neighbor has no problems and everything's going great? Because you have an adversary, and he's trying to wear you out. That's his job. He's trying to get you to give up and quit. That's what he does. I can't tell you exactly what this church in Rome is facing at that particular moment that Paul makes the statement. But if everything was smooth sailing and everything was going great for these early believers... I don't think Paul would have felt compelled to say these words. If things are going great, you don't need to say, oh, we'll get through this. Because you don't need those words. You're doing fine. You don't need anybody to help you out right here. But he feels compelled to say these words. 
So I assume something's happening. And, and he says, and we know that all things work together. All things work together. It's kind of like you getting a phone call. And the first thing, you, when you say hello, the person on the other end says, we're going to get through this together. <laughs> okay, that, That's not the first things you want to hear when you say hello. We're going to make it through. What, what do you mean? Now you got to tell me what we got to get through this together for. But the fact that he mentions this in Romans' writings, mentions all these things, and we know all things, tells us that some things don't feel good all the time. And some things don't look good all the time. And sometimes we face struggles that would make it easy to quit and give up and just throw in the towel. But we have to remember through our word of God and through prayer and through our faith that we remember that God has a plan. And God's plan isn't sidetracked by our struggles and by our infirmities. But rather in the midst of everything we face, we know that God is still working in the midst of my dilemma. And just because my life seems like it's spinning out of control, guess what? God is never out of control. Therefore, I will fasten my eyes on Jesus. Therefore, I will keep on walking. Therefore, I will keep on believing. Why? Because regardless of what I'm going through, I serve a God that's in control of every situation that I go through. God has called me for a great purpose. By faith, I trust that every trial and every test is building something in me that will allow a turnaround to happen in my life that will bring glory to God. So even in this, even in the worst of my circumstances, even in the worst of my family problems and heartaches and hardships, I can say, even in this, God is working for my good. And before he said that in Romans chapter 8, he said a few things in verse number 18. Before he said that, um, verse number 18, he says in chapter 8, verse 18, he says, For I reckon, this is what Paul said, For I reckon that the, the suffering, everyone say suffering, the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In other words, Paul is saying people, he's dealing with people that are enduring suffering. If they weren't, he wouldn't have to say it. So he says, I reckon the suffering of this present time is not worthy. Now, if I were allowed to rewrite the word of God, and if God somehow gave me permission, I could write things out of life. You ever wish you could just write things out of life that happened? Just, 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 just from here to here, I just write that out and you just kind of, you know, ixnay that in my life. If I could just somehow, for the good of man, write certain things. Paul says, for I reckon that the, that the suffering of this present time. If I could rewrite that, I, I would maybe say, you know, and I, I know, for I reckon that, that all the blessings we face here in this life are not worthy to be, to be compared to the blessings on the other side. Wouldn't that be great? We're always blessed, but the blessings we face here are not even worthy compared to the blessed man. We're blessed here, but we're going to be doubly blessed over there. Wouldn't that be great if that's what life was? Every day we wake up blessed, and we, we have a good day every day, but it's not going to be as good as the day in heaven. And Oh, man, that would be great because nobody wants to suffer. 
Nobody wants to, to, to face sickness and nobody wants to face struggles. And, you know, but the, 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 true, the, the truth of this all is that most instances, it's through our pain and our tests and our struggles that God shows up the greatest for us. The Bible is absolutely jam-packed full of miracles, signs, and wonders. But for the majority of the time, these were experienced during very hard times for our heroes of faith. They had to have miracles because they were in the fire. They had to have miracles because they were being stoned, sawn asunder, trials of cruel mockings and scourgings. Some had their dead raised to life again. They had to die in order to see a miracle. How many want to see a miracle in God's life for you? Yes. How many want to have to have a miracle in your life for God to show up? Well, I don't want to have to go through something to have to have a miracle. I'd like to see Brother Matt have a miracle. Praise God, and I'll rejoice with him, you know. He's on death's bed, but praise God, he raised him up, and I got to see and experience that. Many times when God moved, he had to move. Many times they had a miracle, there was no, nothing else, and God had to move. That's why God moved in their trials and struggles. The truth of the matter is, folks, we, we, have, we have medications we have surgeries, and praise God that we live in a country where we have the best doctors and things to help us, and, and God has given them knowledge and understanding. But understand, back then, the, the, the woman with the issue of blood 12 years, she didn't have a doctor who could help her out. Today, today, we might give her something to help her in her body, but back then, they didn't have it. They had to have miracle signs and wonders because God works the greatest when we're the weakest and when we have no outs or nowhere to turn, that God shows up. That's why when you come to the house of God and you have no place to go, why don't you just give it to God anyways? Why are we wrestling with God when God wants to help us and we're still fighting him? You're in the right place. You just got to give it over to God and God can take care of it for you. In John chapter 11, Jesus gets news of his friend Lazarus, one of his best friends, Lazarus, whom he loved, who was very sick in his body. And Mary and Martha said, send word to Jesus that the one that you love is sick. Not just not Lazarus, the one you love, Lord, because I'm sure if, if you know that you love him so much, you're going to run right as soon as you hear the news. And so he gets the news, and, um, but the Bible says that when he gets the news, verse 6 of chapter 11 of John When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Jesus had a purpose here. He had a plan. And that that purpose that Jesus had included his delay in a situation. We hate delay. We hate waiting for anything. We hate something's, something's an hour late or your plane is late or your, whatever it is. And you're like, oh, I hate. How much more do you hate delay when God delays your prayers? Jesus had a purpose and his part of his purpose was I've got to delay for something else greater down the road. And we don't get that because we're people. And we have flesh and we have minds that we think we know everything. And if God didn't answer right now, then maybe God didn't hear my prayer. But there's a purpose here. Jesus knew what, what they needed, but he delayed. And in order for that purpose to see being fulfilled, Lazarus had to die. How would you like for God's purpose in your life, meaning you've got to die, to see God show up? 
I mean, I don't want to sign, want to sign up for that journey with the Lord. I just, I got so much faith, Lord. If it takes me, we, we say, Lord, I'd die for you, Lord. I, but then it's, this is here, here's where we are, and that's not an easy thing to go through. How do we respond to God when he delays when we're praying for something and God has not seemed to answer our prayers yet? Is an unanswered prayer from God mean God's disapproval on us or his unconcern for us? I say it's just the opposite. I say when we're down to nothing, God is up to something. When it seems like we don't know what's going on, I will trust his purpose over my own lack of understanding every day of the week. And when I don't know what to do, when I've prayed and I've prayed and I've sought and I can't cry anymore because I've cried so much, I will take Romans 8 and 28 and I will fasten it to my, my refrigerator every morning and I will remember God didn't answer right now, but I know there's a scripture, there's a promise. God may have delayed, but I know that the word of God is true. And even though he did not answer my prayer, I know there's a purpose somewhere. I know there's a reason somewhere. And I will trust the process of God over what I don't understand in God. Because people stop short because they don't understand. There's a lot of things I don't understand, folks. I'm not a mechanic like Brother Roberto. He's a mechanic, but he's also everything else. And Brother Roberto could tell me, or even my brother-in-law could tell me when I turn the ignition of my car, how the car starts. I don't know. I just trust that it starts. I, I, I don't get paid to know that stuff, you know. So praise God. I can cut you some hair, you know, but I ain't going to fix your car for you. But I don't sit in my driveway until I get it all figured out before I go anywhere. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go anywhere until I figure out how this car starts. Bless God. I'm just, I just turn it and know it. It's, the, the, the mechanics fixed it. The, the car makers made the car to work. And so they know how it worked in the production line. I don't have to understand. I just give them the money and I paid for what's already fixed and what's already running. It's not my job to figure it out. But yet we got a vast God and we're trying to figure everything out about him. And you're not going to understand everything about him. But you don't just sit in bed and say, I'm not getting up today because God hasn't listened. There's things you don't know that God's working on long before you ever had your problem. So just keep on believing him and keep on walking and know that God's got it figure out even when you don't but God knows so here he is he's just he's waiting for a while so then here comes Jesus walking into Bethany and everyone's just upset at Jesus man they're just so upset Mary and Martha they're upset at Jesus man that you know Lazarus had been dead four days by the time Jesus got to Bethany, and man, they're just, Martha comes out, Jesus, had you been here? Had you just responded to our call? Where were you? If we had, had a cell phone, we would have called you, Lord. Where, where are you at, Lord? Why, why didn't you come? You knew what was wrong. You loved him. And if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Go get Mary. She's the one full of faith. Here comes Mary. Lord, had you been here? My brother would not have died. They're so upset because Jesus didn't tell them everything that happened. They didn't know what this was happening. But, but let me show you something in verse number 18, chapter 11 of John. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews, everyone say many. That's a big portion of Jews. That's a big, that's a big number. Many of the Jews 
came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Because of Lazarus' death, many Jews came to Mary and to Martha, and there was a crowd that assembled at Bethany. Because of the death of Lazarus. They came from Jerusalem down to Bethany, and now what do we have in Bethany? We have a big group of people gathered in Bethany. And guess what? All of those people would see the resurrection of Lazarus. Now tell me, how big would that crowd have been had Jesus healed Lazarus during his sick phase? It wouldn't even have been in the Bible. Because Jesus healed so many people and they didn't record every healing. Had Jesus just finished or healed them when they wanted him, no one would have even known about it. Well, it must have just been a cough Lazarus had. It wasn't really that big a deal. Jesus came out, oh, that's, that's great. that he. No one would have even talked about it. Had Jesus just healed him when they wanted him to heal him. But look at verse number 9 of chapter number 12. It says, much people of the Jews, therefore, knew that he was there, talking about Jesus and Lazarus, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. Now, many times we give God glory for big problems that he helps us with. But God works all the time and never gets the credit. Is it not true? We have what we'll call a friend. Hey, pray for me. They found a spot, you know, just, you know, x-ray. Just, just pray that the Lord, you know, if something happens, it's not. Come back to, oh, there's no spot there. You know, must have just been something in the x-ray, you know. Oh, and we go on our day, don't even think about it. We give, we give God praise when someone's really, really sick, really, really bad off. Someone's got a, a notable problem in life and God heals them. And we give God glory for big things. But guess what? You don't, th- you don't know the things that God works for you every single day. Every time you get in your car and God keeps you safe from someone coming across the yellow line. Listen, we don't just give God praise for big things. But every day he's looking after me. Every day he walks with me. Every day he keeps me. Therefore, I will praise him in big things, but I also give him praise in little things as well. So here we see, here we see a big crowd. Jesus comes into Jerusalem riding on, riding on a, a donkey, and they're, they're laying their, their, their palm trees down, and you know who a big part of that crowd is? It's people that saw the resurrection of Lazarus. They were there because they saw it. Let me tell you something. Uh, God didn't put you in this dilemma for you to destroy you, but rather God's got people watching you, uh, and they're watching how you weather the storm, uh, and they're seeing the things you're facing, uh, and when you come through, uh, your life will be given to give glory unto God. Lazarus had to die for people to leave Jerusalem to come down to Bethany to see a miracle of the resurrection. Your problems, all things work together for good. you got people watching your life. They see the struggles. They see the trials you go through. They see the things you face. And they want to see how you weather the storm. And when you come through it, they're going to say, man, there's no reason they should be happy. There's no reason they should be giving glory to God. But they are. There's something i got to have that they have. 
because all things work together for the good. In Numbers chapter 22, we meet a prophet by the name of Balaam. Balaam is, is hired by the king Balak of the, of the uh, Moabites. And when Israel leaves Egypt to go to their promised land, they encounter many nations that don't like them very much. It's not that they don't like Israel, they're afraid of Israel. They heard the stories of what happened in Egypt, and so now every time Israel wants to move somewhere, they have kings opposing them. So, so Balak hires this for hire prophet to, to curse the children of Israel. I just need you to curse them for me, because he, this is what he says. We, we have the verse. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me, this people. Look what he says. For they are too mighty for me. Preadventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, that I may drive them out of the land. Please curse them, because they're too mighty for me. Can I tell you, sweet people, something? When the devil brings something your way, he's not doing it because he thinks he can beat you. He's doing it because he sees power within you. And he's just hoping if you just give up, I win. Because there's something great on the inside of them. If I can just bring some turmoil, if I can just bring some family problems, whatever I can do, it's not because he's all powerful. It's because he's afraid of you. Balak says, I can't, I can't do it myself. I need a prophet to, to curse them because they're too mighty for me. Look, look at Pharaoh. Pharaoh says we better turn them to slaves because they're mightier and greater than us. We've got to do something here. Because the adversary bringing things at you knows you're mighty and powerful. He's just hoping you don't believe it. I wish you would see yourself as your enemy sees you. We talk about seeing you like God sees you. That's, that's fine. That's great. But I wish you'd see yourself like the enemy sees you. He sees you as a terrible force. And he's going to try to just distract you with everything he can because he knows there's purpose in you. There, all things work together for good to them that love God who are called according to his purpose. Guess what? You've got, does everybody know that, do you know that God loves you today? Do you believe that God has purpose for you today? Would you leave here knowing that today that God loves me and God has purpose so tomorrow on Monday when your boss yells at you for no reason instead of you going to the closet and boo-hoo and saying my life is over, why don't you just realize, hey, guess what? God loves me and I've still got purpose. Therefore, I walk in my purpose. Therefore, I walk in my miracle. Therefore, I keep going. Why? Because God loves me and I'm called according to his purpose in life. We want to we wanna give up the first time something goes wrong. The first time one of our plans goes through. The first time we don't get into that one of that college we want to go to. The first time that job never calls us back. And we want to give up but realize God still has a purpose for you. Getting ready to close in a few minutes. The landing gear is. Right? But you know, you still fly around for a little while as you do the landing gear. Meddle a little bit here. I need you to curse them for me. Balaam says, whatever the Lord tells me to speak, I'll speak it. All of a sudden, Balaam puts his hands up there and God says, bless his people. Israel, you're going to be the head, not the tail. You're going to be all these. Balaam, what are you doing? I paid you to curse these people. And Balaam says, hey, I can't curse that which God has blessed. Okay, well, maybe it's a bad location. Come on, come around here. He takes him down the journey, gets him to the other parking lot. Okay, Balak. 
or Balaam, I need, says Balak, I need you to curse this people now. And Balaam says, whatever the Lord says, I'll say. And he puts his hands up and the Lord says, bless this people. He starts blessing these people. Well, I told you. This is twice. One more time. He gets out a third time. Come over here. He gets to, tries to get every little angle he can. I want you to curse this people. And Balaam raises up his hands and says, uh, goes to curse people. And all of a sudden the Lord says, I want you to speak blessings upon this people. For this people are blessed. So I can't believe you're doing this. And Balaam says, Balak, I told you I cannot curse someone that God has blessed. Can I tell you, you have an enemy that's so angry. He's been trying to trap you and defeat you and destroy you. And man, he doesn't know what to do. Why? Because you are a blessed person. Uh, you just get up in the morning and realize I am blessed by God and no weapon uh, that's formed against me uh, will prosper. Why? Because I'm already blessed by God and you can't curse what's blessed by God. Because all things work together, I am blessed every day. I'm blessed every morning when I wake up in the morning. When I lay my head to rest, I am blessed by God. And the enemy can't stand it, but God has put a blessing on his people. If you've been washed by the blood, guess what? The, the enemy cannot go through the bloodline. The enemy can't get past the bloodline. When Jesus sees you through his blood, the enemy can't do anything to you. He's so upset. And even when he tries to do something in your life and throw a roadblock in your life, even that, God uses a stepping stone. Why? Because all things for his people work together for the good to them that love God that are called to his purpose. I said this for everybody. Monday, Monday shouldn't be the worst day of your week. It should be the best day. It's an overflow of what you did on Sunday. It's an overflow, man. I know I'm blessed of God. I'm, I'm, I'm highly favored of God on Monday morning. I'm going to go into my work with a smile on my face. Why? Because God's surrounding me on the front and the back. I am surrounded by God, and I am blessed by God. Therefore, everything, everything the devil throws at me, I'm going to be blessed because of it. Everything he does, I'm even blessed by what the devil's trying to do to me in my life. One last thing I want to say here, and we'll be done. Now it's starting to come down a little closer to the tarmac. That's what it's called. In fact, I just skipped a whole page. Folks, praise God for that. Acts 27. And this is where I'm going to bring my point. I don't like, you know, knocking a dead horse or kicking a dead horse. It's already been said. But I think this is going to make some, some people understand a little bit clearly, more clear about what I'm saying today. In Acts 27... We get a, a glimpse into the life and times of Paul the Apostle. He is a prisoner in this chapter because of his ministry. He who at one time was a persecutor of the church is now preaching Christ and crucified. The Jews hate him preaching about Jesus Christ as Savior. And so now Paul is put into a ship with other prisoners on his way to see Caesar in Rome. That was Paul's call. I believe it was Agrippa said, this man could have been set free had he not appealed to Caesar. So Paul says, I want to see Caesar be in Rome, and I want to speak my, myself clearly and tell Caesar. So they get in a ship on their way to go to Rome to see Caesar. I believe at that point, Paul had never even been to Rome, but he is going that way to see Caesar for the first time. 
But after, during their journey in the, in the, in the ship, they come to many different ports. And they, they stop at different ports there. And Paul notices during their journeys that the time of season to sail was not good for them in their ship. He realizes it's winter time. We know that ships should not sail during these times of months. And Paul says, gentlemen, I'm no sailor, but I perceive it's just not a good time for us to go. And uh, Paul suggests that they stay there and winter there until the weather is fair. But for whatever reason, the shipmaster disagrees with Paul. And so the crew says, set sail, and they head further down the coast. But Paul says, I perceive that this journey is not going to be just bad for the ship, but also for our lives as well. <clears throat> How would you like to sit next to a guy on an airplane? <laughs> That's got a feeling. <laughs> just... I'm no pilot, but guys, I got a weird feeling about this flight. He said, I perceive that this is not going to be good for us, but to no avail, they set off on their course. And the Bible says not long into their voyage, they are met with a strong eastern storm called Eurachlodon. The Bible says they fought that storm, and the Bible says three days they were caught and this is what Luke says in Acts. All hope that we were to be saved was lost. In fact, they fasted 14 days because they couldn't eat. It was such a bad storm. Imagine, now we've been through some tough storms. Imagine being 14 days out there fighting a storm. Thinking, I'm going to die. We're not going to make it through this. But look at what verse number 21 says. Uh, tw what verse? Acts 27. I'm in 23. 27, verse 21. Do I have it up there? But after long abstinence, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, <laughs> great. We got to listen to this loud mouth. Ye should have hearkened unto me. And not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. You think Paul was a little ticked off? <laughs> Do you think Paul could have been asking the question, Lord, why me? Why am I going through this right now? I want to stay at Crete. No one would listen to me. Why, why am I facing? Lord, all I want to do is preach and save souls. I don't want to have a shipwreck, Lord. I didn't sign up for this stuff. When I decided to be a minister, Lord, I never signed up to be in a shipwreck. Lord, when I decided to follow you, I never, I never signed up for family problems. I never signed up for health issues, Lord. And the question is, why am I going through this right now? Paul's in a shipwreck. But he says this, keep going. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. There shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve. 
saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Can I tell you something? God doesn't always take away the storms of your life. But he promises one thing, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. When he does not remove the storm and he does not remove the pain, guess what? You can look close because Jesus is right next to you in the journey. Therefore, be of good cheer. Therefore, keep on serving. Therefore, keep loving because Jesus is right next to you in the journeys of this life. Let's all stand. They crash. The Bible says that the people of the island treated them very, very fair, treated them very, very well. Calls them barbarous people. But that just means the native of the land, they treat us very well. They make a warm fire for these survivors. Paul, gathering sticks, puts the sticks on the fire. And out of the fire... A venomous beast, serpent, latches onto his hand. You think Paul could ask the question, Lord, why me? I mean, I got this beast hanging on my hand. I came through a shipwreck in a storm. And everyone on the island thought, this man's a murderer. The storm could not kill him. Therefore, this beast is now sent to destroy him. He, the Bible says he scuffed the beast in the fire. Shook it off. And for a long time, they watched Paul, and no harm came to him. And they changed their minds, saying, he must be a god. In that area where they landed, there was a man by the name of Publius. Publius was the sheriff, the, the, the leader of that area. But Publius has a problem in his house. He's got his father, who he loves very much. And his father's dying of a bloody flux. He's dying. He's, he's sick. He has, he has no hope. Uh, dysentery. Sick of the sickness. And they have no doctors there to take care of him. In this out-of-way, obscure island, who in the world is going to come find them now? We have no hope. My, my father's going to... We're, we're, we're getting his burial plot right now. We're, we're, we're planning that it's not going to last very long. He's lost weight. There's not much time. And here rolls in a stranger. This godlike man. And he says, Go, you need to meet this guy named Paul. He's, he's, a, he's amazing. He, he doesn't die when, sh- when serpents bite him. And he just he, he shook this off and Publius said, I gotta meet this guy. So Publius brings Paul to his house. And Paul lays his hands on Publius' father. And he's healed right there. And then because people hear about Publius' father, all the villagers that are sick come to where Paul is, and they're all healed. Publius needed Paul. But guess what? Paul needed a storm. And Paul needed a shipwreck. And Paul needed a serpent bite. Without those three, he would have never met Publius. 
And some of you thinking the worst thing I'm going through is leading you right to that person that you're going to minister to. Why? Because all the hurt. Listen, Paul looked like he was knocked off course, but he wasn't knocked off course at all. He was exactly on the course that God wanted him to be. No matter where you end up, guess what? It's going to be a blessing for someone. No matter where you go, guess what? You're going to be a, bl- a blessing in someone's life. Because I'm telling you, I told you at the very beginning of this, of this message, you better take this heart. This is for you. You may have thought that life was going to take you right, and all of a sudden a storm takes you left. But guess what? To the glory of God in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks big and small. In and out, everything I will give God thanks. Because I know even this is working for my good. If it's pain I gotta go through, there's a reason for it. If there's hurt, there's a reason for it. If I'm knocked off course, guess what? God's taking me somewhere. And I'm gonna be a blessing when I get there. Can we just raise our hands and love the Lord right now? I want this message to sink in your heart today. I want you to take this with you when the devil tries to tell you you're nobody. You're never gonna make it. You're gonna fall flat in your face. That I wish you'd look to Jesus. Come on, the Holy Ghost want to stir someone's life right now. Oh, Jesus, help us today, Lord, to understand all things work to good. If you've been battling something, if you've been going through something, guess what? You're in the right place. I thank you. Thank you again for joining us here at Grace Apostolic Church. Hopefully this message spoke to you as it did for many others. Grace Apostolic Church is a church family that you can be a part of. If you would like to connect to the church, the best way would be to visit our website at gacclawson.org or visit one of our services. Our service times are Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7.30 p.m. For more information, you can go online at gacclawson.org. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.